0: Are you feeling happy and joyful and glad you're in church today? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Well, I just want to take a little bit of your time before we go into the Word uh, from Liam. And uh, we just wanted to share a bit more about, as you are aware, we went into the local hospital, St. Peter's, last week. Um, Yeah, it was really exciting. Uh, It was the first of our local missions that we are doing as a church. So we've got five European missions we're doing this year and we're doing local missions as well into the local hospital and prison. So last weekend we had our first one into St. Peter's Hospital uh, and I thought I'd just share a little bit more about what we did there and uh, we're going to hear from one of the team who came along as well. So are you up for that? Great. Uh, So on the Saturday we got there was uh, six, seven of us and we got to go round uh, to all the wards in the hospital and invite the patients to church on Sunday. How awesome is that? So we got to go around and speak to all these patients and tell them that Flow Church were putting on a Sunday service uh, the following, uh, the next day, in the chapel in the hospital, and they could come if they wanted to. And let me tell you, that was incredible to have the conversations with the patients there, and you know, speak to some people who weren't getting visitors, those who were going to be lonely for the for the rest of the day. Um, but also for those who weren't physically able to come to the service if they wanted to. We were actually able to, we handed out some of the order of services that we printed uh, and in them was the song words and Bible verses and a little bit about what I was going to share in the word and one of our team wrote down her testimony of healing in it as well. And we got to give these out to a bunch of people in hospital so they can literally read about Jesus and there was a prayer at the back if they wanted to pray it for themselves as well. So we're just believing for those seeds to, to really bring fruit in their lives, wherever that may be. We did put our contact details on the back in case they want to come to Flow Church when they're out of hospital. Um, And then on the Sunday, uh, we actually got to put on a service in this tiny chapel in this like metal box just outside of the hospital, which they call the chapel where you get to do the Sunday service. Uh, And I'm going to invite Johnny Brannan up. He's going to come share a little bit. um, He was one of the team. Yeah, Give him a round of applause. Uh, he came and helped in the hospital on the Sunday. Um, woo <laughs> Here we go. You made it out of your seat. Uh, so, Johnny, why don't you tell us just a little bit about um, how you found it, like what, what stood out to you, what impacted you from doing that ser- serving in the hospital?
1: Morning. So, I think the first thing that really impacted me was that, you know, on a day-to-day basis, we see so many people and we meet so many people and it, there's... You can't really tell tangibly what you need to speak about or what you want to share but when you go into a hospital you know there are people there with real needs so for me it felt really tangible it felt quite overwhelming as well because how many people here with just quick show of hands have been in hospital recently or had loved ones that have been in hospital yeah it's not a great time is it and i i go into that hospital i felt a slight sense of wow but Liam nailed it. The first thing I felt is that, you know, we're here in confidence Mm -hmm. that Jesus is with us. And as we were setting up in the chapel and as people were gathering, there was a buzz. But it was more than just a, are we hopeful? It was that Jesus promised that wherever two or three gather, he'll be in the midst of. And that just done it for me straight away. Yeah,
0: yeah, it was awesome. Um, Why don't you share a little bit, maybe a story about you had, an encounter you had with a patient or what stood out to you there?
1: I think... Apart from being able to actually sit and talk to somebody and then to have the privilege, and it's a privilege to actually sit next to somebody Mm -hmm. who's come along to the service, who's been wheeled in, who's been shown care and love and kindness and just extending some more hope and light. I just felt that was the whole expression of what we were doing. Mm -hmm. We were bringing hope, we were bringing light. You know, you don't have to be completely in the dark to feel in darkness. These are people that are completely in the light. All the lights are switched on, but they just feel overwhelmed by this cloud of where they're at. And I just felt wherever Ruth is, she's probably doing the children, but when she told her story, it was almost like, bang, a big curtain came down and all the lights on the room came on. When Paul was worshipping, the songs that we sang, the Bible verse we read as Emily spoke, it was just like we were turning up, the light and the hope was flooding. It was absolutely amazing.
0: Yeah, it was. Right. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you, John. Thank, Thank you for you. sharing. Really appreciate it. And I thought I'd just share a couple other stories from that. So, um, we got to, every patient that, that chose to come to the service, we actually got to pray with them one-on-one. Um, and that was some incredible moments. We got to pray with a nurse who had come along with a patient as well, who'd recently lost her husband. Um, so we were there to pray for her. And we actually had um, two testimonies of two of the women saying that they felt pain had left their body after they'd been prayed for. And it was really sweet, one of the, um, yeah, come on, that's, that's awesome. Um, Well, the lady that Denise was praying with, when Denise took her back up to her ward, she was like oh, I I feel like the pain's gone in my leg. Is is that Jesus? And we're like, yes, that's what happens when we pray for healing and we stand in his hope and faith. So I just wanted you to feel encouraged about what's going on in the hospital there. Uh, We've got two more, one in June, one in July. And then shortly we're going to be starting our prison ministry as well, which is going to be so exciting to just, again, be on the ground, be the hands and feet to Jesus to some of the most lost and broken in this society. Uh, So that was really exciting. Uh, So are you ready to receive the word this morning? Do you feel your spirit warmed up? You like a sponge ready to soak it all in? Yeah? Why not? Okay, let's welcome Liam up as he brings the word this morning.
2: Come on, say hello to somebody next to you. Take a moment. Have a bit of a break. Are you sitting next to somebody? If you're not, move. I want you to sit next to somebody. You can have a chair in between you if you like some space, but (laughs) I like it. Just a bit of space, nice, personal space. All right, let's start with a bit of fun this morning. Is that all right? I mean, we've already started service, but let me start with a bit of fun this morning. I, I saw something, and this has nothing to do with anything. I just thought it was fun. All right, is that okay? We're allowed to have fun, and it's okay. All right, I'm going to ask you a question. I want to see what you think. All right. I will give you 10 million pounds right now, but there's a catch. There will always be a snail chasing you for the rest of your life, and if it touches you, you die. The snail cannot be killed. It knows your location at all times, and its only purpose in life is to find you. Would you take the money, yes or no? Discuss it with somebody next to you. Would you? I'm going to say you're not allowed to put it in a box. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> well, that got you talking, didn't it? That was good. Right, who's going to take it? Who's going to take your hands up? Right, the Embertons. What? What you? How are you going to do it? You're just going to because I figured this would come up. We worked it out together. Sorry, credit where credit's due, babe. And uh, if you fly to Australia, uh, it will take, on average, the snail 173 years to get to you, if it flew directly. Although snails can, they, some, no, th- what they can do is they can cover themselves in like a gloop, and they can get swallowed by birds, and then the birds fly, and they can be out the other side, and they survive. Snails do have that ability, so as long as it doesn't get in a bird, you might be all right. I didn't say it had a mate that was a bird. No, I I didn't. (laughs) Sorry, Paul. Anybody not going to take the money? Jade. Jade, she's fine. You're not going to take the money? You're chilled. You'd never sleep properly, would you? Every time you saw a snail, you'd freak out. Or you could hire, if you have 10 million, you could hire a bunch of bodyguards to constantly stand around you as a circle. And then they take the hit for you, maybe. All right, well, that was just a bit of fun because you're allowed to have fun in church. And I saw it last night and it made me laugh. So I thought it would make you laugh this morning. Is that all right? Great. Stupid snail. All right, I have a word for you today. I'm going to read from... Acts 10, 44 to 48, but I just want to warn you, as I was praying this word through and as I was talking to God about it, I really was like, God, are you sure this doesn't really sound right to me? And God was like, no, I'd like you to talk about it today. So I said, yes, sir. Um, but I just go with me this morning on it. Is that all right? Good. Acts 10, 44 to 48. Uh, let me read it to you. Uh, do you remember the story so far? We've been reading Acts 10 for a few weeks now. Do you remember the story? Yes, Liam, we remember the story. Yeah, that's good, good, good. Peter and Cornelius have both had separate visions. Cornelius is a Gentile, shouldn't know about God. Peter's a Jew, knows about and walked with Jesus. They have a vision. They both have visions. They meet up, and God comes and meets with them powerfully and meets in Cornelius' house, yes? And we are believing for amazing encounters with God in our own families, Yes? Some of us, that's good. You're you, you believing that when you have a house, when you have family, when you are connected with other people, there will be an encounter with God. You don't have to wait for Sunday. You can encounter God any time. And then we're gonna, we read it last week, but we're going to read this bit again. This is kind of like the climax of the story. And it says, while Peter was still saying these things, so Peter was preaching to them, the Holy Spirit fell on them who heard the word. And the believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed. Because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles. For they were hearing them speak in tongues and extolling God. Then Peter declared, can anyone withhold water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then Then they asked him to remain with him for some days. Are you with that bit of the story? Peter is preaching, the Holy Spirit falls on them, and they begin to speak in other tongues. It's quite weird, right? Can we just admit? Anybody remember the first time they ever heard tongues? I remember I was 16, and the youth leader, I was sitting in a Bible study, spoke in tongues, and I thought he was re-quoting Lord of the Rings. (laughs) That's what it sounded like, Elvish to me. And I was like, what is that? And um, it's a very strange thing. And I just wanted to acknowledge that this morning that sometimes God does things that are very strange and weird to us. Now, the truth is, let me start by saying this, those things that God gives, those things that God does, actually the normal thing. We're the weird ones. If we if we don't understand, if we don't know, if we have not encountered it, we're actually in the weird place. God is the set, the standard of normality, if you want to put it like that. And so actually it is a normal thing, but I just wanted to acknowledge that actually to us it may appear weird. Is that is that fair enough to say? I don't know if you heard Sarah actually sung a little bit in tongues today. And tongues is just another language that comes from heaven. Now, why am, I, why am I telling you this? Why am I starting my preach like this? Because I want you to know and I want you to believe that there's actually a lot more inside of you than you think there is. There is a lot more in there than you think there is. In fact, if you are a believer in God, if you say, yes, I love Jesus and I am a follower of Jesus and you are baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit or you've been prayed for to receive that and you know that or maybe you speak in tongues yourself, can I tell you that actually everything is in you that you need for your life? In fact, the fullness of God dwells inside of you. Okay, I don't know. Okay, I just told you God is dwelling inside of you. Now, I don't know about you, but that, that gets me a little bit excited. The fullness of God actually dwells within you. If you are a baptized in the Holy Spirit, believer of God. Now, if you're not, you can be easily. You can simply ask for it. Ask for it and God will give it to you. So the fullness of God is dwelling inside of you. There is more in you than you think there is. The reason you don't think there is because you keep measuring it by circumstances around you and situations and external triggers. That's how you measure measuring your greatness and how much is within you. Let me tell you, there is greatness within you. You just need to accept it and believe it, that there is more things in you than you currently believe. All right, fine, okay. I was expecting, you know, everyone to be clapping, stand on the chairs at that point, but it's all right. Let, let, let me throw it to you another way. Let me... This is the bit that God told me, and I was like, God, are you sure about this? Because I've been talking a little bit about The Incredibles. Have you seen The Incredibles? Have you seen that film? If you haven't, I suggest you read, uh, read it, watch it. It's about a family of superheroes. And as I've, I've been thinking about it, and I've been praying for our families, I really hope that we have families of superheroes. Are you thinking, I right, Liam, this just sounds really cliche. No, no, stay with me. I'm really praying That each family here represented is actually full of mighty men and women of God who do incredible things. I want to believe that. Because actually, as I was starting to think about it this week and I was praying, God reminded me about some things that happen in the Bible which actually happen in The Incredibles. Yeah, that's why I was like, God, are you sure you want me to say this today? There is a guy called Dash in The Incredibles. He is the son. And his superpower in the film is that he can run incredibly fast. Now, that sounds really cool, and we're all like, yeah, that sounds really nice, and you know, maybe we're just using it as an analogy. But let me tell you, there's actually a time in the Bible, in 1 Kings 18, where a guy called Elijah hears the sound of rain coming, and it, he sent all the people ahead of him to get to the town, and God knows that he needs to get to the town first. So he starts running, and the Bible tells us that he runs faster than a chariot. In fact, the Bible says he tucks up his coat and goes, I'm going for it. And he runs and runs faster than a chariot. That's not normal, people. I know Jack's pretty fast, but that's that's, that's not normal, okay? He runs faster than a chariot. There's more within you than you think. Okay, fine. All right, I'll carry on. You don't believe me yet. In the Incredibles, there's a guy called Mr. Incredible, and he is the father figure in the story. And his power, along with many other superheroes, is that he is incredibly strong. Superhuman strength. Just like Superman, just like Colossus, if you know your... Who knows their superheroes? Do you? Only a few of you. Okay, that's fine. You, you can stay with me. Woody, you know them? Everyone's seen Endgame. Has everyone seen Avengers Endgame. You better have seen it, whereas Woody is not going to be happy. There is some of the X-Men. If you know the X-Men, they are super strong. Well, let me tell you, in the Bible, there is a guy called Samson. Who, at one point, according to scripture, not a fairy tale book, not Liam's opinion, but actually this book of absolute truth, never ending, never changing. This is truth right here. There is a story of a man who picks up a line and tears it in half with his bare hands. His name was Samson. There's more within you than you think. Do you believe me yet? Good, you're getting there, you're getting there. Let me give you some more. In the X-Men, there's a guy called Nightcrawler who has the power to teleport around the place as he so needs. Well, let me tell you, in Acts, there is a story of a guy called Philip who is standing in one place preaching to somebody and suddenly the Spirit of God takes him to another place. There's more within you than you think. Okay, fine, let me keep going. Acts 28, there's a bit where the Apostle Paul, after being shipwrecked, after fasting for 14 days, after being falsely arrested, lands on an island, after being shipwrecked, floated onto this island, they start a fire to try and get themselves warm, and a snake jumps out and bites him. How much would that suck if you were a believer? You'd be like, come on God, I have been shipwrecked, I've been been eating for two weeks, this is a joke now. And his faith just simply says, you know what, it's fine. Pulls the snake off, throws it away, and his body completely heals itself, just like Wolverine. It's more within you than you think. Okay, let me, let me give you one more. There's a guy called Elijah and there's a guy called Joshua who both have moments in the Bible where they pray and the weather changes. Elijah prays and rain stops for three years. Joshua prays and the sun stands still for an extra day. I'm not making this stuff up. I'm not trying to make the point sound cool. I could keep going pretty much all day. And plus, trust me, I haven't even got to Jesus yet. Just like the superhero storm in X-Men, if you know her, she can control the weather. There's people in the Bible who had moments where they controlled the weather. Why am I telling you this stuff? Am I really telling you that you're a superhero? Well, kind of. What I'm trying to tell you is there's more in you than you think there is. You need to stop living your life at a level that you think that's it for me. I've hit my peak. I know where I'm at. There is more in you than you think there is. It's about starting to believe it for your life. And I almost felt like I had to go to these stupid extremes of superheroes to maybe just even get you to believe a little step further. Does that make sense? I kind of went so far down the line that you might at least look down the line. Because I want you to start believing that there is more in you than you think there is. The Gentiles and Cornelius and his family one day thought they were really powerful. They had loads of money. They had loads of power and loads of position. And then they heard some guy preach. And they started to believe that there is more in them than they ever thought or realized. And they began to speak in another language that they never learned. They realized that there's more within them. Now, what's the difference here? What's the difference here? The big difference between us and superheroes, really, is that their power comes from something to do with them. Our power comes from something to do with him. Our power is not our own. Our power is not our own. I do not have a mutant gene in me. I have not been bitten by a spider. I have not, I don't know any other stories, been hit by gamma rays as the Hulk was, okay? But I have been baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit. And because of that, that means when I lay hands on sick people, they can be made well. And we'll do that today. It it means that when I want to, I can speak in another language. It means that when I want to or God tells me, I can see into the future. I can see into people's lives. I've had many occasions in my life where I've seen incredible things. I've even known people's names before I met them. Why? Because God told me. I've laid hands on sick people and seen them made well, but it's not my power. It's not, it's not, Liam is not the secret. There's not a gene within me that you can take or transplant or clone. It's not about that. It is the power of the Holy Spirit, and he wants to be offered to you just as much as he wants to be offered to me. There is more within you than you think there is. You get in there? Okay, all right. I guess there's probably two reactions to what I'm saying, or like two problems that can arise. You see, one side is, and I think a lot of us would probably go down this line, partly because we're British and we're very polite and and humble people, yeah? We actually, we probably think, let's not go to that extreme. That sounds something bordering the line of arrogance. That sounds like a bit too extreme, like "Let's, let's not get ahead of ourselves. I remember one time. Someone said to me, Liam, you pray for tongues so much in your life, I don't think God's going to give it to you. And I was like, you don't understand God, that's not, God wants a hunger in us. Because I've been praying for two weeks, because I heard this guy speak and it sounded like elvish, and I got so excited. I was like, if, if that's something that God is offering, I want it. Like I want whatever God offers, no matter how weird or strange it is, that's me, alright, I just want it all. And so I started praying, and this person said to me, Liam, you're just a bit too keen. Trust me, I've been called too keen a lot in my life about Jesus, Okay. But it actually in me, it did something in me. So this is the line though. we feel like we can get to that line where maybe it's just a little bit too much. You just need to calm down. You're upsetting some people. You're offending some people. You Can you just relax, take a breath? Maybe you're getting a little bit arrogant. That's where the line can be because we don't want to take any credit for it. We don't want people to do things and then they start saying, look at me, I'm super special. Look, trust us, none of us are special. He's special. But there is another extreme, which I believe is just as bad. And it's maybe more challenging to us today. It's the fact that we know we have these things, but we don't use them. You see, let me put it like this. Power with, without purity is really frustrating. Think about that. Power without purity is very frustrating. When somebody demonstrates a power of God in their life and they can speak and prophesy so many things, but they lack a purity and a character to handle it, how many of you know that's extremely frustrating? How many teachers do we have in the room? How many kids in your class do you know have so much potential, but their character cannot handle their potential? Anybody? You see it's frustrating. It's frustrating when you see an amazing man or woman of God but they slip up in their character and then suddenly the power that they carried seems to be gone. It's extremely frustrating, isn't it? Are you with me on that? But let me tell you, purity without power is actually inexcusable. Did you follow me on that? See, so you might have the character, you might be the polite, respectful person, you might do the right thing, you might say the right thing, but to not use the power that Christ has given you for the benefit of others is actually not excusable. The other one is frustrating, it's just annoying. I wish they would just hold on to it. But if you can actually handle it and you are not using the power that God has given you to impact lives around you, well, isn't that a little bit inexcusable? Are you with me on that? Did you did you follow that line? You see, what I look at when I see this room is I see a room of amazing purity people. I see great characters in this room. I see good people. I see loving people. I see nice people. Someone even made us dinner last week, and I thought that was really nice. Someone else has brought us complete shopping, haven't they, Em? And I see all these kind of nice things happening between us. But then I also see, I see something else. I see so much power within you guys. I see power within you. I see that you are we are the type of church that can go to hospital and we could pray for all the sick people to be healed and we could empty that hospital. I'm not this isn't Liam's view this is this is straight bible you understand? We 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 have this power but we are not using it. Let me show, let me show you that Jesus agrees with what I'm saying right now. Luke 19 there's a story about the parable of the talents. You know the story? A master has three servants. He gives them all a bit of money. When I say a bit, it's actually an extreme amount of money. you are talking millions of pounds in today's world. And he gives them millions of pounds and says, I'm going to go away and I'm going to come back again. And when he comes back again, two of them have done something with the money. They've used it to the advantage of others. They've used it to benefit and actually it's, it's produced more money back. They've doubled their, he's doubled the investment for the, for the master. And what does he say to them? He says, well done, good and faithful servant. And then what does he say to the one that's done nothing and has buried it because he was afraid, he was scared that if he tried, he might go wrong. If he tried, it might, it might test his character. If he tried, something might slip up. What does he say to him? He says this line, and I, I'm not, this is not Liam, please. This is Jesus. He says, you wicked servant. Not Liam, yeah? Don't, don't say, well, Liam said I was wicked. That's not... Jesus, all right? Jesus said, if I give you power and you're not using it for the benefit of others, for the benefit of my kingdom, it's wicked. And not the young, cool way of saying wicked. It's How dare we sit here knowing the secret? knowing the secret to eternal salvation, knowing the secret to joy and peace, knowing the secret to healing, knowing the secret to freeing of your mind, knowing the, the secret to ridding you of the bondage and the things that are holding you back in your life. How dare we sit there and know the answer but then not do anything about it? Church, I want to I I get you so well equipped that you wherever you go, you will see something happen for the name of God because there is more within you than you think there is. Are you with me? Let me, let me throw it to you in another way. There was, a, there was a lady at my old church, and she used this power in a very cool way to influence her family, and I found it quite funny, and I thought maybe I'll share it with you today. She um, would pray and ask God about what her kids are up to. And there was one time when her daughter said to her, I'm going around a friend's house to sleep and we're just going to go and have a sleepover. And as she ended up, the both of them snuck out the house and went to a party. And the mum, while she was uh, alone in her room praying, she sort of said to God, God, where are my kids? And God said, well, your daughter's at a party. You need to go and get her. And she told her where the address was. And then so she drove over to the party, knocked on the door. And she's like, what are you doing in this party? And she's like, how did you know? How did you know? She's like, God told me. My boss, my old boss, he was the youth pastor before me at Carith Community Church, and he once had a dream about some young people that were going to turn up to our youth event and were going to deal drugs. And he had a dream exactly knowing how they were going to do it. And they were going to put it in a game's case, one of the game consoles' case, and they were going to pass around drugs like that. So when they arrived in, he said, oh, hi, I had a dream about you the other day. You're not allowed here to do drugs. And their faces dropped as they had snuck these drugs in to try and infiltrate. We have gifts amongst us, and I want us to be the type of church that uses them. I want your family to be the type of family that uses them. I want your family to grow up with kids that amazing prophets, amazing healers. I want you to have all kinds of things going on in your family. Does that sound exciting to you? I like the sound of it. I, when, I, when Emily and I end up having kids, I want our kids to be full of power of God. I want, them, I want them to have character. Of course I do. But I know this world will teach them character, and we can help teach them character. But I also don't want them to miss out. I don't want to train their talents, and I don't want to train their gifts without training the power that God has given them. When we were at our life event, this was a, our youth event back at Kerith. When we were running, I used to have this guy that I would try and keep near me throughout the whole night because he had this gift of hearing God and hearing what God was trying to say. And throughout, throughout the evening, I'd just look at him and say, what God's saying to you? And he'd say, this is what God's saying to me. And then I'd go and say it out the front, and it'd be exactly what the room needed to hear. I want to use all the gifts that we have around us. I want us to step out and actually use them. The power of God is within us. Power without purity is frustrating, but purity without power is inexcusable. I want you to use the gifts that God has given you. I feel like I'm preaching. I, was, I think like this is pretty good today. Are you not zoning out, right, because of the tiered seating or anything? But then I guess the other side, and this is what a lot of people are afraid of, is that We'll lose the purity aspect, we'll lose the character, we'll go too extreme, we'll, we'll, we'll start to do all this kind of stuff, maybe get a bit arrogant. But let me encourage you and let me tell you that, that we don't need to fear becoming arrogant as long as we keep in mind that actually we are not worthy to carry what we carry. He is worthy of it all. I have people come up to me all the time. Well, not all the time, but I have people come up to me and say to me things like, Liam, I don't feel good enough. I don't feel worthy enough. I don't feel, you know, that I, I'm, I'm able enough to do this. I don't feel like, and I'm like, yes, you're not. Can I, can I say that? Yes, there's more within you. But can I also say to you today, you're not worthy. In the back, you're not good enough. In this side, you aren't enough. In fact, take that as good news. Just take a sigh of, of relief that says actually you don't need to pretend to try and be anymore. You you aren't You are if you were enough, we wouldn't need Jesus. you with me on this? If you were enough, you wouldn't need the cross. You wouldn't have need Jesus to come die for you. If you were enough by yourself to get yourself into heaven and handle life as it is, then you wouldn't have need Jesus to come down and live the life for us and then die on the cross for us. But we aren't enough, and that's the best bit. That's the bit I love about my life. I cannot build this church. That's good news because then I, can, I don't have to take responsibility. So I can say, God, you're in charge. You, are you with me? on you, You're not, let go, people. Let, take, a, take a deep breath. Oh, thank goodness. I don't have to pretend anymore. The only way you really get rid of the mask of your life is actually just admitting that actually you aren't enough. We aren't enough. It's Christ that is enough within us. We all like to think, oh, we've got to try and be the special one in some kind of area. No, just make Christ special. Christ is the special one. We aren't worthy enough, but here's the best bit. God then says, you aren't worthy enough, but I will come down and I will be worthy enough for you. And then, and then, if you accept me into your life, you can actually have all of that righteousness and character that I have been carrying. You can adopt it all and allow the Holy Spirit to work within you. And then I will fill you with the power of God. Okay, all right, okay. Are you, are you getting this? All right, I don't know if you're quite getting this. Let me give it to you another way. Let me give it. Jesus, just before he dies, Yeah? Just before he dies, he gathers his 12 disciples. He gathers his 12 disciples. And he says, Look, guys, this is really important. Uh, I need to go. Um, but when I go, I want you to do me a favor. Don't touch anything. Don't just don't even try and start the church. Just do not begin. Wait here. Just stay in the upper room. Wait there. All right. And then the Holy Spirit is going to come and fill you up. And then you're going to have some. Don't touch anything. Don't try and don't start church. Do not try and evangelize. Don't pray for anybody. Do not move an inch until I say so. Isn't that a weird thing to say? They've been with Jesus for three years. They've been to Jesus University. They've graduated. They understand everything He did. They saw the way He worked, but He still says to them do not, don't touch it. Don't touch it. Because Disciples, right now, you are not enough. Even though you've been with me for three years, even though you've been going to church for so many years, even though you've read your Bible, 5 you're not enough yet. You are not enough. Do not try and do it on your own strength. It will only break you. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. So think about this. I love this. Jesus trains 12 people for three years about how to build the church, then says, actually, you know what? I'm just going to do it through you. It's a lot easier that way. That's how God builds his church. God builds his church through every single one of us by filling us with the power of the Holy Spirit so that he can actually do it through us. We break the church when we try and control it. Oh. So as a leader, my job is just to follow God. That's why I like to say I find leading church very easy. Although it's hard, it's kind of easy at the same time because I just say to God, well, you're in charge. These are your people. If you want to do something, you come and do it. I can't, I can't really, like, Liam by himself cannot lay a hand on your shoulder and bring healing to your body. But with the power of God, we can And some of us, we're so tired in life, we're so stressed out, we're so worried, we've got so much anxiety around it, because simply because we are trying to do life in our own power. Simply allow the Holy Spirit to come and do life through you. And you're saying, Liam, is it really like that? Yes, it is. And I wish the world would know this. That is the answer. That is the solution. I know probably, some of you probably aren't believing me, but I, I, please believe me today. God, I ask, would you let them believe me today? Because it is the truth. Everyone out, my brother needs it. My cousins need it. My, fam- my next door neighbor needs it. People need it. Your boss needs it. Your, your teacher needs it. Your, your friends need it. That's what we need. That is how we were supposed to live in communion with God. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. If the centurion needs the power of the Holy Spirit, when he has a hundred men at his command, and he's really rich, and he's prominent in his nation, he doesn't need anything else, surely. Surely he could do whatever he needs to do just with that. What does God first do with him? Fill you with the Holy Spirit. Because yes, you might have a hundred men at your command. Yes, you may be strong and you might be a good fighter. Yes, you may be rich. But without the power of the Holy Spirit, you're never going to be able to build the kingdom. There's more within you than you think. But it's not of you. Allow the Holy Spirit to move within you. And you'll be amazed at what you can do through your life. Stop trying to control it. Stop trying to lead it. Get out of the driving seat, let the Holy Spirit lead. Just close your eyes, take a moment. I know maybe what I'm saying, I don't know how you've received it. I don't know if that's an encouragement to you. That's a challenge to you. I don't know whether you just maybe think to yourself, that's the first time I disagreed in this place. I don't know what you're thinking, but please, I urge you as a friend. I have known life without the power of the Holy Spirit and I've known it with it. And the difference is Extreme. He unlocks gifting and power in me that I've never even thought of before. And today I want us to pray. We've still got some time. I want us to pray for you to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's take a moment right now. Remember we talked about before, do not fear what people are going to say, or what people are going to think. If you believe there's something you want in your life, in a minute I'm going to ask you to come to the front and we're going to pray. But I want you to take a moment right now. Don't rush. Holy Spirit, I pray, would you convince people of what I've said? One of your roles, I know, is to come and convict us and move us. I know that's what you do here. I pray if you feel a conviction of like, that's something I need, that's something going. please respond to the Holy Spirit. Don't ignore him, otherwise you're then trying to control the life He's trying to, he's trying to move in you. I pray, Holy Spirit, would you move in this place? We don't need anything special. We don't need certain lighting. We don't need so many people. We just need the presence of God. And I pray for us as a church. Would we be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit? I pray for your family. Would they be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit? May your kids grow up to be amazing men and women of God, full of power.